This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Keep all your entertainment options centered with Xfinity X1. Access live TV, Netflix, and now Hulu and Peacock. Ah, streaming zen. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity X1 gives you the most complete entertainment experience with everything from live TV to your DVR to on-demand favorites and your streaming apps. Just use your voice remote to easily find what you want to watch. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Netflix, Hulu, and Peacock memberships required. There's a chance your local Geico agent has the same hyper-specific taste in music as you. Yeah, I can't get enough of neo-operatic breakbeat. Do you listen to Kale Bent and the Lettuce Works? Only every day. But there's a better chance your local GEICO agent could help you out with insurance. They'll work hard to provide sound advice and significant savings. You don't need a hip, underground music scene to do that. Local GEICO agents. Call or visit yours today. the Cubs-related podcast presented by CubsInsider.com. My name is Corey. I am joined, as always, by Brendan, and we are coming to you on a Sunday evening after the Cubs sweep the Milwaukee Brewers out of Wrigley Field. And Brendan, before I bring you in here, I'm going to pause right here, and I'm going to go back to last episode. I told you guys I was coming to Chicago. I was going to be at every home game for the rest of the year. And I told you, I promised all of you, our loyal listeners of the Cubs-related podcast, that I was going to do one thing, Brendan, and that is take care of business. And Brendan, what did I do? I delivered. Okay. I just want to say thank you, Corey. I, 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 was, I was a little bit in doubt there, but the results speak for itself. It's a perfect correlation. You're at the game, the Cubs win. It's as simple as that. 3-0 and at Wrigley Field. Sweep the Brewers out of town. The Cubs are a game and a half in first place. The Cardinals losing two games over the weekend to the Oakland Athletics, who come to Wrigley Field starting this next week. So we appreciate Oakland's efforts over the weekend. Going to have to ask them to you know, put on the brakes here for the next three days. But guys, I told you, I'm like John Lester in the playoffs. Don't doubt me. I deliver, okay? I got this team on the right track. You can look at the stats and say they already played better at home, Corey. It has nothing to do with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Data, whatever, small sample size, whatever. Throw it out the window. It's all me. I take all the credit for it. But Anyway, Brendan, we do have three games with the Brewers to talk about and an awful lot going on with this Cubs team. We've got Ben Zobris starting his rehab stint in South Bend this weekend, Wilson Contreras hitting the injured list. As we are recording this, we know that it is a hamstring injury, but we do not know the severity that is going to get dealt with on Monday. So if you are listening to this on Monday morning, Monday afternoon, be sure to check with CubsInsider.com, the various beat writers 
writers, the official Cubs page, etc., to see if there are any updates with that. We may get that MRI result. I don't know what time. So just keep keep aware of that. It may be different news than it is right at this second. But either way, just that's where we are right now. So we will talk about that. And everything else that went on with this Cubs team since we last spoke. But Brendan, I I think I want to start by just giving a a quick lay of the land here, what happened in these three games. And like I said, it is a three-game sweep of the Milwaukee Brewers and things starting on Friday afternoon with a 6-2 Cubs win behind the arm of Jose Quintana, who continues his very good performance against the Milwaukee Brewers since he has come over to the Chicago Cubs. Q picks up his ninth win of the season, going six innings, seven hits, two earned, no walks, and 5Ks. That no walks is something that we are going to come back to with this staff. He was followed by Rowan Wick, Brandon Kinsler, and Kyle Ryan, who each throw a scoreless inning to complete that game. The Cubs getting their runs on Friday. Jason Hayward leads off with his home run. Not the only leadoff home run he would hit on the weekend. His 16th of the year, Brendan Javi Baez with his 26th in the third. Jose Quintana helping his own cause with a single. Wilson Contreras with a fielder's choice in the bottom of the fifth made it 5-1, to one, and Javi would also add a fielder's choice that made it 6-1. to one. The Brewers would add a couple in the seventh, and that would be all she wrote. Again, 6-2, to two, the final on Friday. On Saturday, it was 4-1 to one behind the arm of a returning Cole Hamels, who looked exactly as he did when he left. Five innings, four hits, Mm -hmm. no runs, no walks, and six strikeouts for Cole. His season ERA sits at 2.84. He throws, let me see, I'm looking at the list here, 74 pitches in this game. Uh, So obviously easing his way back in, it'll be a a little bit of a process, but taking it easy. And obviously when you're on a pitch count, to be able to get through five innings, a very nice start for Cole. And I think we can pretty much not uh, worry about him. He's back. He looked really good. He looked healthy, and I I think he felt good today. So that seems to be all systems go there with Cole Hamels, the Cubs getting their runs in this one, starting uh, with a little El Mago magic, Javi scoring on a wild pitch by Gio Gonzalez. Ryan Braun would tie things up in the top of the sixth, and it was a Albert Almora Jr. home run, his 12th of the year, turned on an inside pitch and ripped it out to left field. That made it two to one. The Cubs would add two in the bottom of the eighth on a Javi single and an Albert Almora sack fly. So a very nice game from Albert. And as you and I were discussing before we got on, Brendan, I I think indicative of what we were talking about. Albert can play a role for this team. And I think he's shown that when you can get him in there in the right matchups and not overuse him, productive guy. That's what we were saying all along, just not when he's used in the wrong spots, which is true of a lot of these guys. So really good to see Albert get those opportunities and make the most of him. You know, for guys that have struggled the way he has through parts of this season, those moments are huge. He won this game for the Cubs. He added an insurance run. It's a huge game from Al. So kudos to him on Saturday. And then on Sunday, the Cubs completing the sweep behind the arm of Yu Darvish. He goes five innings, five hits, one earned, no walks, and eight 
strikeouts. We learn after the game that he was battling an illness that's going around in the Cubs clubhouse that also Tyler Chatwood was dealing with, and Chatwood goes three innings, allows just one earned run, no walks, and five strikeouts. So these guys pitching through a bit of an illness, but getting through it and really doing great work against this Brewers offense. Christian Yelich has one homer in the series, but otherwise really held in check by this pitching staff. So a really good job all around from the starters throughout the bullpen by this Cubs pitching staff that has been pitching like this for a good while here. So again, kudos to them as well. The Cubs getting their runs in this one. Again, Jason Hayward with a leadoff home run, his 17th of the year. We will be certainly talking more about one Jason Hayward. He added a triple for an RBI in the second. Nicholas Castellanos, who we will also be talking about coming out of the recap with an RBI single. Kyle Schwarber with his 25th homer of the year. A Jason Hayward fielder's choice brought in another one. Tony Kemp, David Bodie would add RBIs in the bottom of the seventh, and the Brewers would get one in the eighth, but that was it. Seven to two, Tyler Chatwood getting a three-inning save, and again, it is a three-game sweep of the Milwaukee Brewers, and to lay it out, uh, again, the Cardinals losing two games in Oakland, so they are now one and a half games out of first place. This sweep puts the Brewers four games back of the Cubs, two and a half behind the Cardinals. So, Brendan, this was a really good series, and we had talked about having no idea really why this team looks totally different on the road versus how they do at Wrigley Field. But as I throw it to you here, this was a completely different effort from this group. The the starting pitching has been good for a a good while now. Really the majority of the entire season, the starting staff has been locked in, keeping the team in games, performing on a high level. The bullpen really good in this series, but the offense has fluctuated as we've talked about a lot. But they come back here against Milwaukee. They put up six runs on 12 hits on Friday. They put up four runs on nine hits on Saturday. And then they put up seven runs on 14 hits on Sunday. So obviously, I was speaking mostly in jest at the beginning of this podcast. It's certainly not as simple as me just being back (laughs) in Section 216, watching every game from the stands. But Brendan, this was a completely different team than we just saw in St. Louis. Well, this is why we have so much optimism at times going forward, because you know, like the Cubs have the potential to do this. And when they have contributions from top to bottom, Jason Hayward, Kyle Schwarber, you know, even at times off the bench with David Bodie had a few RBIs. Albert O'Mora had a game-winning home run. When everyone's contributing and playing up to their level, this is why we're excited and why we take those losses and those road losses so terribly because you know they're better than this. So I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the comfort, the familiarity of, of being at Wrigley Field, the same batters either used to, whatever it is. This is exactly why we go on here twice a week and we're sometimes at a loss for why they play so poorly at times. But going forward, if they continue to put up efforts like this and they extend these types of performances on the road, they're the clear-cut favorite in the division, Corey. I mean, Milwaukee, they're struggling. I did not even realize Lorenzo Cain Corey has worse numbers than Albert Almora. Mm -hmm. It is the Christian Yelich show, and that's basically it. This division is up for grabs in the Cubs right now. They're, They're in a good spot despite all the injuries, despite some of the poor performances 
they're still in a good spot. I think going forward, this is the clear-cut favorite team. Yeah, so there's, there's a lot of places to start and, and really a lot going on with this team, like I said, with Wilson Contreras, Ben Zobrist, and we will get to those things. But the place that I want to start, Brendan, is Jason Hayward because— he deserves it. We yeah. have talked throughout the year that he was in a, a resurgent season. He was having a really good year. Uh, and we, we knew that he maybe wasn't super thrilled to be moved into the leadoff spot, but I don't see that changing anytime soon because he really looks to be thriving in this particular position. And we we see two home runs of the variety that I think remind you a little bit of those home runs in the 2015 NLDS when he was a member of the Cardinals against Jake Arrieta. Those liner shots to the left center gap getting up in the bleachers yeah. there. And that is a sign that Hayward is at his best when he is driving the ball to the opposite way but on Sunday you see him he he in the first two plate appearances for him he knocks the two hardest parts of the cycle out and I, there, there was a buzz in the crowd about whether he was going to be able to do it he got a big ovation the third time that he came to the plate and the numbers speak for themselves Brendan he he's got an 896 OPS excuse me 888 you guys know how I am with math so give me at least two tries not the best 888 yeah. OPS over his last three 30 games, 114 at-bats, 6 home runs, 21 RBIs, 8 walks. He is locked in right now. And I shared this on the Cubs Insider Twitter page, at Real Cubs Insider. After the sweep, he's on a boat on Lake Michigan overlooking downtown Chicago. He's got a, a pair of Bulls shorts on. I have those shorts, by the way. Fantastic. Shorts. I think Jason great, wears great them a little there. better than you, but if yeah, you want to post a side by side, I'll admit we can, that yeah. we can compare. But no, we don't need to. No. He's got no shirt on and the Chicago flag on the edge of the boat. He's living his best life right now, and he's killing it on the baseball field. The, the, the splits over his last seven games, the OPS is over 900. He looks locked in right now, and and this is easily the most that he looks like the player the Cubs signed in that 2015 offseason. This is the version of Hayward that everyone always believed in. This is what everybody wanted to happen. And boy, does it transform that Cubs lineup when you have Hayward playing like this at the top of this order. Let me ask you a question, okay? So Schwarber had that bullet of a home run. And we know when he's on, he's taking his walks, which he did this series, and he hits for power. So let's assume that Hayward, this is who Hayward is out of the leadoff spot. And let's assume that, you know, Schwarber will put up numbers similar to that of last season, 340, 350 weight on base average. Who do you want at the leadoff spot? Hayward. And why? I, I like what he's doing up there. He's got a great eye. He's got good speed. And I think that he looks comfortable there despite, you know, kind of hearing beforehand that it's it's not his preferred spot. But I, I think so I think said Schwarber this. looks more uncomfortable there? Because I mean, like he has no, a similar No, not necessarily. Eye but I, I just think that Schwarber, I, I said this in kind of the the hype up for this series after that St. Louis series in the last podcast, that I think when you can have a guy like Schwarber today, he was hitting, what, fifth? When you can have yeah. him in that fifth, sixth, seventh spot, slugging the way he does, getting on base the way he does, I, I like him in that spot. And I think right. that's the ideal position for him to have a pitcher need to get through Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, Anthony Rizzo, Wilson, if he's healthy and in there. And then you're getting toward the bottom of the order, and it's like, well, it doesn't really get any easier. Here's Schwarber. You make a mistake. He's going to hit it 450 feet. Right. No, I'm, I'm with you. I think in a perfect world, if Hayward continues to do this, it is Hayward. Plus, not only the the excellent eye, 
But given that he does make more contact than Schwarber, I mean, Hayward's a guy who makes consistently around 80% contact, which is much higher than the league average of around 75% right now. So if he can go up there and in these small series, and especially in the playoffs, maybe you get a little bit more luck with the Babbitt. Maybe because he puts more balls in plays, he can capitalize on that speed. So I, I like it. I like Hayward in the leadoff spot if he's comfortable there. But like you were saying, there's been times where Hayward, that's not his preferred spot in the lineup. And when he goes there, when Matt has used him in the past, he hasn't necessarily succeeded the way we thought he would succeed. But if Hayward keeps doing this, yeah, man, I'm with you. Push Warber down in the fifth spot, the sixth spot, the seventh spot. Let him maximize that power with men on base. And that's the way I think it should go. But it's really it's really fun to see Hayward go up there at the leadoff spot and have success. It was fun seeing it in the sixth spot, but now you see the effect it has on the top of the lineup. I mean, two leadoff home runs. He almost hit for the cycle today. Hitting triples down the right field line, extending at-bats, hitting sack flies. It's, it's the complete package, I think. And something that even Dexter Fowler provided for the Cubs in 2016 was mild to moderate power, decent speed, a good eye, a a you know productive, a long-term type approach at the plate where you're waiting on pitches. That's what you want to see from a leadoff guy. And I think Hayward does that right now a little bit better than Schwarber. Yeah, and I, I want to read this quote from Madden because I, I think it kind of sums a little bit of this up. But after the game today, Madden saying, quote, right now, he's leading us. He's absolutely leading the offense yeah. right now. He's going to stay in that leadoff spot, man. Yeah, and even what no he's doubt. done on defense, he's very much taken charge out there. He's always interacting with people. Give the guy a lot of credit. Yeah. And I, I think this goes to whether he prefers to be a leadoff hitter or not. I think visually, he looks like someone who has, and we've talked about this relentlessly, who has put in the work to get better and to overcome the struggles that he's had and and the bad seasons that he's had at the plate. And he looks like someone right now who has it figured out, and he is just in that zone. He is taking total command of having turned that performance around. And he, he looks like someone who's pumped about it and he's not about to take his foot off the gas that that's you know it's totally something that you're just seeing from the tv or the stands but he looks like someone who knows that he is in that zone right now things are clicking for him that work is paying off and he is not about to go back to what was happening before. He he is thriving right now, and it's huge for this team. It's another one of those things, and we'll talk about him later, but it's similar to you, Darvish, man, where when if you can unlock the potential that someone like Hayward has, it totally transforms this offense, and that's what we're seeing yeah. right now. But I, I do want to stay on the offense, Brendan, and I want to talk a little bit because now we've gotten uh, a few games with him under our belt. I do want to talk about Nicholas Castellanos. We, we've yes. obviously seen him for a few games now. We have a little bit more of a book on him as fans rather than just kind of reading everything that we saw on Twitter and and scouting pages and things like that. And and the first thing that, that jumps out to me, and I tweeted this on my, my personal Twitter today, but again, this is totally just perception, but he looks like someone who is really jazzed up to be in a playoff yeah. race, to be playing at Wrigley Field in front of full stadiums. 
and you just see it on every play. Every play, he is busting it to get that extra base. He is pumped looking at the dugout when he's getting singles, doubles, looking back at everybody. He looks really pumped to be a part of this environment, and and it's showing on the field. And just from a, a baseball standpoint, the two things that stand out to me from just being able to watch him in person today for the first time, this weekend for the first time, is... He is not as bad of a defender as I was expecting. I know that that was kind of the the word on him. And I'm not saying he's Jason Hayward out there, right? Or or that he's got a, a glove like Almora or anything like that. But I was expecting a disaster, and I and that's not what I'm seeing. He, he's a tall, lanky dude, so usually those guys don't necessarily move as well, and there, there's going to be plays where it doesn't look so good. But I was expecting the worst, and I don't think that's how it looked. I think he's you were totally expecting fine. Daniel Murphy type bad, right in right field, yeah, right. So so was I, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that that is not what I saw, and I'm totally fine with what I saw. I think it's totally serviceable and it shouldn't be much of an issue. And the other thing is that the dude hits the cover off the ball. He rips the baseball, and he's made some loud outs. He's lined into some outs, but you can tell that he is someone who who barrels the ball a lot, and that is something that I think we were— definitely missing in, in this offense. And certainly with Hayward performing the way that he has and Castellanos sticking in the two, I, I'm not sure. It, it sort of seems like that's where Joe likes him. I, I, I Maybe a little lower against righties. That's not necessarily his strong suit, uh, but it's fine. I, either way, I, I just think that adding Castellanos to this lineup immediately makes it feel and look stronger. He's just someone who puts really good swings on the ball. And I think adding a person like that, and again, being able to use some of these other guys in in more uh, success-prone matchups, I I really think that post-trade deadline, this offense feels a lot better. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Little did I know when I joined Kaiser Permanente that it would be on my top 10 list for what has made this year great. I can see my physician, I can be referred to the lab, I can then be referred to the pharmacy, all in the same building. You, you've got it all. I mean, it's it's quality of care, it's compassion of care, it's convenience of care. It's true. Every medical case is unique. Kaiser Foundation Health Plan, the Mid-Atlantic States, 2101, East Jefferson Street, Rockville, Maryland, 20852. Yeah, batting second for Castellanos, I love it against lefties because he only strikes out at a 15% clip, and he produces more runs. Uh, what is this? 69%, a nice 69% more runs than your league average hitter against lefties. So if in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, an ideal situation, you have someone leading off, maybe it is Hayward at the leadoff spot, even against lefties and Castellanos, and you have KB, Riz, Javi, Willie when he's healthy and when he's back. And that's a really tough top six to go and fight through. Against righties, I'm not thrilled with Castellanos batting there. Against righties, he has a WRC plus of 93, so 7% worse than league average. Against righties, maybe 
Sounds crazy, Corey, but I would not mind if Schwarber does get consistent playing time against righties. Maybe even Schwarber jumping up there in his second spot with Willis Contreras being out for the time being. Um, that's going to be something to monitor going forward. And I can even see in a weird way, I could see Caratini getting a chance there. We'll see what Joe does now that, you know, Wilson might be out for at least a few weeks. Uh, it's just something to monitor there. But Castellanos is a gamer, man. I love it. And like one of the things that stood out to me when Carlos Gonzalez was acquired, the first thing he said to the media was the Cubs' perception when they lost that wild card game to the Rockies, how they were down. I did not like that. I'm not saying that was a bad thing for Cargo, but it just, I didn't like that. For, for Castellanos, first thing he says is he's stoked to be here, right? Like he wants to be part of this winning team. It's in this competitive nature. And you see it pop ups down the right field line. He's out of the box, sprinting right away, not even thinking about whether or not the ball's going to drop. And Madden himself said Castellanos' play reminds them of what hunger looks like. Not to say the Cubs have not been hungry, but it is like a gentle reminder like, hey, this is what it looks like. And having Hayward, who brings that energy atop the lineup, and you have Castellanos to follow him against lefties, that's a lot of energy to start the uh, the the game there. And it's not everything, right? Like you have to translate that to success. But with those types of guys who have those types of numbers against certain pitchers, having that that edge, that mindset where you're extending at bats, where you're not getting beat, and you have that really hyper intensity uh, attitude to start a game. That's that's exactly what you want to see, and to see it continue through the game as a fan, it makes you pumped up. Like I'm watching Castellanos, I'm like, yeah. I love this guy. Let's extend this guy. I was so pumped up seeing him play that well. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think to your point about like reminding these guys, like I, I don't think these guys take for granted the situation they're in, but it is always refreshing. Here's a guy who's been playing in Detroit, guys. Uh, okay, so this is what it looks like when someone who has been playing for the Detroit Tigers in that cavern of a ballpark that they play in, having a bunch of 400-foot fly balls die on the warning track, comes over to a playoff race, and you can really see it's it's electrifying. It, it fires them up. And, and again, like even just being in the stands, you, you really feel that from Castellanos. And he had several balls uh, in the 9,500-plus range exit velocity in terms of miles per hour. In his first few games here, he's played, what is it, four games with the Cubs now, and he yeah. has several hits. He's had some really hard liners uh, get caught and, and find a glove, but I, I really like the addition of Castellanos. I think that having him in that lineup with the, the core that we already had really makes this lineup look a lot stronger, and we really haven't even gotten a good look at him in his strongest area, which is against left-handers. So I am looking forward to seeing more of Nicholas Castellanos. I, I'm pretty thrilled with that trade, at least of the moment. I, I think it does a lot for this Cubs lineup. And I'm, and I'm not just saying that because the Cubs scored this many runs and got this many hits this weekend. I, I think just his general presence, I, I really think it makes his lineup look a lot stronger and a lot deeper. And again, it, it does have that ripple effect on making the position player depth deeper because he's out there every day and you're not relying on some of these other guys. So Brennan, I do want to turn to the starting staff, which is really on a roll right now. And again, they've been good for the majority of this season, but to start here on a day where you Darvish threw five really solid innings before leaving after not really feeling so well, 
I, I want to read this stat that was going around. I think they posted it at, at Wrigley Field, but I, I'm getting it from Jordan Bastian, friend of the podcast at ML Bastian, the Cubs.com reporter for MLB.com. And he writes this, this marks the first time since at least 1905, the Cubs starters have gone six straight games without issuing a walk. And I bring that up in particular. Obviously, that's a great stat, no matter what. But in particular, with this organization, how many times, Brendan, have you and I gotten on and talked about why is the walk such a problem for this pitching staff, for this organization? What is it when guys come over in trades or whatever it is that the walk totals just spike? And they are really in a groove right now and just brilliant pitching from this group over the weekend from Quintana, Hamels, and you, Darvish, today. And we can talk about the staff as a whole, if you like, Brendan. We can focus on any of these individual guys. But here is a stat for you. You, Darvish, since July 1st, 35 and two-thirds innings pitched, a 2.78 ERA. And are you ready for this, folks? Are you sitting down? Because if you're not, you should be sitting down. 44 strikeouts and two, I said that right, two walks since July 1st. 35 innings? Now, yes, (sighs) Brendan... I was the one that really believed in you, Darvish. I knew he was going to do this. You doubt it. it. Stop it. Uh, Yeah. You know, go back and four uh, four weeks ago and listen to that. But, Corey, this is exactly what we were talking about a few weeks ago. You were not under the mindset this would happen. Justifiably so. Not many people were. I wasn't counting on it. I knew it was possible. Just wasn't counting on it. Yeah. And I I think that's fair, right? But I think during that that stretch right before the all-star break when darvish was not getting the numbers you wanted to see but the fastball command was better and i think because the fastball command was better that was a sign of okay things are maybe starting to click and at times even at darvish's worst right his slider was still very effective and he was still showcasing a strong curve but the problem was he couldn't throw a fastball. So all he had was a slider and a curve every now and then. And so you see what what happens when he gets his fastball back. He becomes one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball. It's just how it is. Again, Theo Epstein described Darvish as the premier strikeout pitcher of our generation. Every number backs that up. He is a reliever, a closer in a starting pitcher's body with that type of stamina okay and so when he's at his best this is what you get and going into the playoffs if he continues to do this Corey, i would not mind him going top two in a division series i know that's crazy to think with lester with Hendricks, with maybe hamels getting healthy but no one no one in the league other than Degrom, other than a left-handed chris sale Syndergaard, those types of guys have electric stuff and are good for a very obvious reason you Darvish is in that category. You watched him pitch. No one has a slider and a cutter that moves that fast with that much movement. It's no no one has it, right? He has eight pitches that we think are quantifiable. Maybe he has more than that. The guy is a gamer, dude. And when he's on, this is exactly what Theo signed them up for. And I think going forward, you have no reason other than to expect this type of performance. So yeah, that gets me really pumped up, Corey. Yeah, absolutely, man. And and going back to that stat I read, that was uh, five starts 
So, excuse me, six starts. So yeah. that's, I, I know saying July 1st, it, it maybe doesn't seem like that long, but that's six starts where he's been really good putting up that 2.78 ERA. And one of the, the best things getting back here and, and being back at Wrigley for the first time in 2019 you, was the reception that he was getting. Yeah, we were getting awesome. really loud. You, were you ewing, Corey? They were not booing. They were not alluing. They were definitely ewing. I'm positive. Now, do you participate it. in those U's or do you just kind of sit there and, you know, clap your hands? For part of it, I was trying to film it for hashtag content. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, do part- I do participate. But, you know, sometimes you got to go for content first. But it was from the first inning on, he was getting that support. And, and that was something that he talked about going into this season that he, he didn't want to hear the fans booing anymore. He wanted to hear them ewing. And immediately the fans are behind them. And it, it it's similar to Hayward, man. Like, I, I know I already made that comparison, but just in a sense of you know that this guy wants nothing more than to be successful and to redo the, the past lack of success or failure, whatever you want to call it, from, from his past season with the Cubs. And to see him doing it is really exciting. And to see the fans so behind him, I mean, 40,000 people in unison as he left the mound after the fifth inning today shouting you from the top of their lungs does he acknowledge the crowd there you don't see it on tv but there's only a few shots of him like does he acknowledge the crowd at all when he does that i don't think so he seems he seems pretty locked in he as far as i could tell when he's getting in and out of these innings he's got his head down heading back to the dugout just focusing on what he's doing but i think it's something that you you know he feels that and you know that he is proud to be be doing this job because I, I think he he knows that this is the pitcher that he's capable of being just as as all of us know that this is in there and knew that this was in there when the Cubs signed him and, and to see it is really exciting and like you said Brendan for him to be pitching like this it's a game changer. I really can't stress that enough. And you're right. This is not a guy who's just on a good run, getting by with a couple pitches, and we'll see if he can keep it going. This is a guy who has elite top of the league stuff in some ways, not really comparable to anybody else. And when he is rolling like this, the Cubs, again, and this was true when he wasn't performing, they had the ability to unearth a top of the rotation, near top of the league starting pitcher. And that is what the Cubs are getting right now. And it totally transforms this team. And we can talk about the inconsistencies of the offense from the road to home. But when you have starting pitching like this, you take a ton of pressure off of that offense and you can really transform who you are as a team. I think you look around the league, there are a lot of different teams who are offense heavy or starting pitching heavy, or they have a really great bullpen. And this Cubs team can be hallmarked by their really good starting pitching. And I think when you look up and down at this rotation right now, when Jose Quintana, right, is your your fifth starter, who I think if we were going into the playoffs right now, Q He's would probably be yep. the, the odd man out, right? Like, yeah. what a situation to be in. He, he just on Friday tossed, uh, you know, a really strong six innings, giving up just two runs with no walks and five strikeouts against this Brewers team. So when that's the guy who's at the bottom of your rotation, you have John, who's pretty much looked like himself for most of the year. Cole Hamill's coming back in his first start this weekend, picking up exactly where he left off. Kyle Hendricks doing his usual professor things. And you pitching like this, it's really exciting, man. This staff looks really good, and we've talked about this bullpen 
They look really good too. Kyle Ryan, Brandon Kinsler, those guys continue Tyler to be Chatwood. really good. Yeah, Tyler Chatwood yeah. getting I mean, in there This is today. the redemption month, I feel like. I, even Chatwood, his last, what is this? His last seven innings, 32 batters faced. He's only walked two guys, Corey. Mm-hmm. Two guys, that's it. So, And we saw what happened in the last game. He threw three innings to close out the game. That is very reminiscent of what the Dodgers do. They have a lot of starting pitchers who are capable of being in the rotation, right. but they extend them out. Kenta Maeda, for an example, in previous years where they go in, they can they can piggyback off different starters, protect the bullpen, close out games. Tyler Chatwood could be a valuable piece to this pen if he continues to do this. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we you in particular were really big on getting Rowan Wick an opportunity. He continues. Yeah, man, he looks great. He continues to succeed in these opportunities. Really nice life and velocity on that fastball. Nasty breaking stuff. And he has seized these opportunities. He's looked very good in that role. It's allowed Steve Ciszek to get a, a little bit of a breather, which is always something that I think that we can look forward to. He only pitches uh, once in this series, which I think is brilliant only two-thirds of an inning for Steve so very nice for him him. to have kind of a little uh you know light light work weekend uh we saw Derek Holland come in on Sunday and face exclusively lefties looked really good in that role hopefully Joe has picked up on that hopefully got and we 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 got that split down to him in the dugout and and we cannot have him uh facing guys like right-handed Matt Wieters but he looked really good. So I think this pitching staff is in a really good place. And I think it'll be key as we go down the stretch here to continue getting Rowan Wick, Brandon Kinsler, Kyle Ryan. Kinsler has been in these situations before, so maybe not him, but Wick and Ryan in particular, you want to keep getting them out there in high leverage spots. They've performed, they've earned those roles. And I think the next step in that development is we got to throw you into the fire a little bit because we're heading down the stretch run of a division. We're heading toward the playoffs and we got to know, can you guys handle this stuff? It's it's not and I necessarily... I think Wick can. He's, he's had those opportunities where he goes in and Joe does give him a high leverage situation and he looks like he owns it. Yeah. So to, to Wick's credit, I think he does have the ability to go out there in a playoff type atmosphere and perform like that. Yep. Yeah. I think that's that's really where you are right now. You know that Steve Ciszek's gonna gonna handle those roles. Craig Kimbrell, if we can get Stroke back, we'll we'll see. You know, I, I think he's gonna start throwing soon. We'll see if he's healthy. See if that velocity comes back on that he's fastball. A rehab stint on Wednesday, by the way. Okay. Yeah. So so again, yeah. I you know the key is gonna be does that mile and a half, two miles that was missing from that fastball those last few outings, does that come back? Does he look? normal, healthy Pedro Strope, hats to the left. But I think a big key is is continuing to throw Wick and, and guys like Kyle Ryan out there and, and getting them ready for, you know, they if the Cubs are in the playoffs here against a team like the Braves or the Los Angeles Dodgers, you're going to have to face some really good hitters. So it's, it, you know, we're getting to that point where it's uh, trial by fire. Let's see if you guys are ready for this because you've earned the shot and it's it's time to just make sure you're as prepared as we can as we head toward the final weeks and, and months of this season here. But Brennan, let's talk now about the, the two like sort of notes we really need to touch on. Uh, the first of which is Benzo risk. Let's just start there. And then we can do Contreras after that and then kind of our, our feelings on that. But Benzo risk heads to South Bend on Friday. He has been in a rehab stint and 
we we have talked uh, i think a little bit about like you know maybe realistic expectations for him but firstly really good to see that man uh just in general we really have not seen or heard from him this entire time so just good to see him he looks good looked happy and and ready to get back at it in terms of baseball and the only thing I really want to point out, I, to be honest with you, could care less what he's doing. I think he has a couple hits down there, is is putting the ball in play. He looks fine uh, just to start. But he, the first day he's there, there's this the, a video on, on Twitter that was going around where he walks over to the gate before the game. He's not required to do this. None of the other players, at least in the frame, are doing this, though I'm sure the South Bend guys do all the time. He signs autographs for 15 minutes prior to the game. He's talking to the security guard, trying to figure out how many how many minutes do I have? What's the ma- he literally like asks the guy, "What's the maximum amount of time I can spend here with the fans?" Trying to figure out where he could go. The South Bend Cubs posted on their Twitter account on Sunday that before today's game, they had a bunch of players at a table to do autographs. Ben was not a part of that table, but he asked to be a part of it anyway, and so. <laughs> It's just one of those things I want to point out because that's just who Ben Zobrist is. He's coming back and trying to work his way back to the major league team after dealing with a personal situation that I'm sure is not fun and is really serious and sad and involves his three kids. And there's just a lot going on. And all that guy does is try to spread positivity and professionalism. And I think you really, even just in those couple instances this weekend, you're reminded of why this guy is a presence that is missed in this Chicago Cubs clubhouse. But really good to see him back. And again, he he needs to be back with the Cubs by the end of this month to be eligible for the playoffs. That's quite a bit of time. I would be shocked if it takes him uh, near four weeks to get up to baseball shape. I think at some point it's just whether he's ready to go and and still looks like Ben Zobrist or not. But really good to see him out there, Brendan, and and back playing baseball. Yeah, and I think too, like sometimes it's easy to forget, but some of these players feed off the fans' energy, enthusiasm, their love, so to speak, as well. So for Ben to come back, this, you know, not to get too deep into his issues, but maybe for him, this is like therapeutic where... You can get that type of love from the fans and enjoy the sport and get your mind off some of the serious natures of life. So who knows? Maybe Ben fees off this so much and he does look like his normal self. He can go back out there with the Cubs, enjoy the games with his teammates. And the Cubs, of course, would love to have him back. But that video, man, when he's just signing autographs, that's who Ben Zoberist is. There was a, a video when the Cubs won the World Series and you, you, you saw this, but he's outside of his house. There's a line down the street of fans waiting for his autograph in front of his house, Corey. And he's signing for supposedly over an hour, two hours in front of his house. This is who Ben Zobrist is. And this is why a lot of the guys love him. So even if he's not back in baseball shape, just maybe he'll come back and hang out in the dugout and be someone who the Cubs can feed off of for knowledge, for you know, motivation, whatever you want. But at the very least, you hope that Zobers can come back and be with the guys and, you know, he can feed off those guys' energy and vice versa. He can, you know, the guys can feed off of his energy as well. So it's just good to see Zobers back out there. It's been a long time. He had multiple base hits in his first game back. It's just good to see Corey. 
Yeah, and I, I think again they're in a position where they're they're not hopefully necessarily going to be relying on him to perform at any particular level. You know, you've got Tony Kemp now in the fold, David Bodie, who the, the Cubs are going to continue to try to get going. Had a had a nice game on Sunday, driving in some runs. And Ian Happ in the fold, though I'm a little confused as to why the Cubs brought him up to never right. start. But that's, uh, I, you know, I guess we'll just see how, yeah, we'll give it a, more than a few games before we uh, start to try to figure out what that's about. But again, Albert Almora getting in there in, in some situations, you can move these guys around. But especially with the addition of Castellanos, if you're able to bring Zobrist up and he's not performing at the level you'd like, I, I don't think that they're going to be in a situation where they need him to be starting on a regular basis. You're going to get to September the rosters will expand so you'll have more of that depth and at the very least I think if you can get to a position where you have Zobrist off the bench to either spot start or or just be that guy off the bench to you know deliver a professional calm you know locked in approach at bat in big opportunities I think he's the perfect person for that. He's a great guy to call upon to get a bunt down, hit a sack fly, put the ball to the right side if you want to advance a runner from second base, whatever it is. Zobrist is that guy, even if he's not necessarily putting up his uh, regular numbers. And hey, right. if he is putting up his regular numbers, that's freaking fantastic, right? Like, great. <laughs> yeah. That that sounds great, especially after the addition of a guy like Castellanos, Hayward going like this. You throw vintage Ben Zobrist into the lineup, giddy up, folks, right? I mean, but what, what what a story that would be too, right? Like you can just add. Well, in such a Ben, ben Zobrist story, legacy. right? Right. Like who else yeah. would that happen to? Of course it would be Ben Zobrist. That's he, the thing. He would come back from this personal situation and like win his, his another <laughs> World Series MVP, right? Like that just would be the Ben Zobrist story. It's it's the perfect bookend to Sign all me up of for that. that. Yeah. Hey, hey, yeah, I think we're all signed up for that for sure. But the last thing uh, before we preview this upcoming series with the Oakland Athletics, which yes, everyone, I know you're very worried about this. I'll be there. I will TCB. Don't worry. Oakland's a tough opponent, but I'll dig deep and uh, we'll, we'll get the job done. Okay, we're going to see John Lester in person at Wrigley for the first time this year. So trust me, I'm hype. Uh, I'll do my best. But I do want to talk about this Wilson Contreras situation. And again, we are recording this at 11 o'clock, uh, well, 10.56 in Chicago, as I say these words right now on Sunday night. So as you are listening to this on Monday, there may be a further report. The news could be really good. It could be bad. I don't know. But either way, check in with the official reports to see if the MRI results have come and we either know something definitive or we don't. But where we are right now is that it is a hamstring injury. Wilson looked very demonstrably upset and and sad. Kelly Cruel from NBC Chicago tweeted that there were tears in the dugout. There was a very loud uh, couple seconds of screaming before he got back to the dugout. I'm I'm assuming some expletives uh, were were thrown out there, but the field mic didn't really pick that up, luckily for, for all of the children listening. But not a good scene. And and something that, again, we, we've talked about all of these guys try hard. We love all of these guys. We're, we support almost anybody that's on the Cubs roster at any given time. And for, but Wilson is someone who wears that pride on his sleeve. We, we've talked about a lot what he's playing for with his family back in Venezuela, the journey that he's taken, not necessarily being one of those top prospects of this Cubs core, but but being a part of this group anyway through his hard work and dedication and the, the pride that he wears on his sleeve. So I think in particular, when something like this happens to someone like Wilson, you, you really feel 
feel it. It's a gut punch. It's it's heartbreaking to watch. And so uh, I think, firstly, you know, we love you, Willie Wilson. Of course, listens to the Cubs related podcast. Oh, no, yeah. no doubt. Well, he does DM us. He does follow uh, he at does. Cubs underscore related on Instagram. You should too, uh, if you'd like. I have DM'd him before. He's not very talkative, but he throws out a thank you, a thumbs up emoji every now and again. So I do appreciate that. But we love you, Willie. Hopefully, it's not serious and you're back out there. And obviously, I don't think this is ever in question. But Cubs fans are are in Wilson's corner, rooting for. Either the the injury to not be significant, or regardless, a speedy and healthy recovery. But Brendan, obviously, the Cubs trade Martin Maldonado uh, for Tony Kemp ahead of the trade deadline, and Victor Caratini stepping in here, and he has done an admirable job. We've talked about that a lot throughout the year as the Cubs' backup catcher, and. But where does this leave us with the catching situation? Obviously, you do not have the waiver period to deal with. Uh, you know, I think you can play around with guys that are DFA'd and those types of things to uh, add. Obviously, you've got the rosters expanding, but you know, you're, you're looking at a situation, depending on how long Wilson's out, where you may have a, a catching core of Victor Caratini and Taylor Davis, which I which think is fine. Yeah, think it fine. is is fine, but obviously probably not how you draw things up. So what are your feelings on, on this Wilson injury situation? Where, where should the Cubs be trying to figure out other answers? What what Where are you on all of this? Because as soon as it happened, my first instinct, and I think you guys all feel the same way, is immediately I'm like, oh my God, Brendan is probably in the fetal position freaking out about this. Oh, so was, so yeah, where, yeah, where, where are you with all of this? Our homes today are like little cities full of different internetic boroughs, like the entertainment district in the living room or the virtual fitness center in the garage. And Xfinity Internet keeps it all running smoothly with reliable speed to power all your devices at once. You get coverage around town from the financial district home office to the spa. Xfinity Internet keeps your little city humming with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Find great offers and value today from Xfinity. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY to learn more. Restrictions apply. Some secrets aren't meant to be kept. If you feel someone you know is at risk of suicide, don't keep it a secret. Listen to them, let them talk, and let them know you care and are concerned. Suicide is preventable. Learn how to take action and save a life. Suicide. Recognize it. Talk about it. Act on it. Learn more at recognizetalkact.org. A message from the Virginia Department of Health. You got to wait until the the news comes out about the severity of the injury. But at the very worst, let's say it's the exact same injury as 2017, where he was out for about five and a half weeks. So on that timeline, let's assume Wilson does have that moderate strain. He'll be back in early September, and so that's not the worst case scenario. When Wilson came back that year, he had a weighted on base average of 366, still was a productive hitter, batted 289. The problem was the power was not there in 50 plate appearances. He only had one double and no home runs, but well, let's just wait and see. The attention right now for the immediate problem is that catching depth. And I totally understand how people are like, oh my God, why did they trade Martin Maldonado for Tony Kemp? It's, in my mind, still a logical trade despite the injury. And here's why. Maldonado's catching numbers, his framing this year, has not been what it was Two or three years ago, still tops in the league. Don't get me wrong; it's still in the top twenty-five percent. But you know who else is in the top twenty-five percent? Victor Caratini, Corey, and in not that small of a sample either. And you know who also is pretty good at framing? 
Taylor Davis. He still is a quality framer. There's a reason why the Cubs kept him in Iowa. The guy can catch. He just cannot hit. So I still like the trade of Maldonado for Tony Kemp, too. And when the trade was made a week ago, come on. Like, remember what the Cubs' depth was like? Almora was a disaster, and Bodie was a disaster. They just sent down Addison Russell. They were trying to figure out guys who could make an impact in a more dramatic, everyday type role. And Maldonado was not going to be that guy. And he may not even have been that guy with Wilson being out. He may have only gotten 40 to 50 plate appearances. Maybe he starts once every five days. That comes out to be what? That comes out to be 10 games, Corey, in the rest of the season that Maldonado would have started. So Tony Kemp has a more likely effect on the team, not only this year, but the years to come as well. Speed, we saw what happened in, in these few of these games when he has these bunt base hits. There's still more of an effect, more value to come from having Tony Kemp on this roster. And I still like the trade, even though Wilson Contreras is not there right now. If he's out for five and a half weeks, six weeks, yeah, I'm fine with Caratini playing the majority of the time and having Taylor Davis be you Darvish's personal catcher. That's not an issue whatsoever. It's not the best case scenario. Of course, you want Willie back out there. Maybe you want someone like uh, Jonathan Lucroy's extra depth. But the Cubs are more than capable of going past Contreras's, you know, at most four to five week spell of being on the injured list. And I think even with Maldonado off the team, I like the trade despite that. Tony Kemp has more of an opportunity to provide value to win more games than Martin Maldonado right now does. And I still feel that way, despite Willie being out. So that's that's where I'm at. And I have a lot of confidence in Victor playing well. And I like his defense. I, there's been a lot of criticism with Wilson Contreras' framing numbers, and they're justifiable. Corey, he ranks 98th out of 100 catchers in pitch framing. Caratini ranks 25, okay? There's a noticeable difference, and it's no... You know, no diss to Willie, he's been working very hard on it, but those are just kind of what the numbers speak to itself right now. And seeing Taylor Davis catch in his short term with the Cubs this year with uh, you Darvish on the mound, I like the way he looks. He has a great attitude. He knows these guys' stuff. He's been in the clubhouse. It's not as dire of a situation in terms of their catching depth than I really think some people believe it to be. But I understand the sentiment like, oh my God, we just traded a veteran backstop who knows how to call a game. He just caught a no-hitter. I get that, but I still like Tony Kemp here, and I like what the Cubs currently have as their their catching depth. Yeah, I think that about sums up my feelings. I think think Victor is up to the task, and I think he's done a very good job with his pitching staff. And that's really where the key is. We we need to look, as we said, coming into this Milwaukee series, we got to look at the big guys to do their job on offense. I don't think that anything going on is going to come down to Victor Caratini's offense. And obviously, Wilson is part of those big guys, so you want to get him back. But Hayward playing like this, Castellanos in the fold, KB, Rizzo, Javi, those are the guys that need to drive this offense. And we need those other guys, Bodie, Almora, Happ, Kemp, etc., to step up and play their roles as well. But I, I think yeah. that the Cubs are, are, are 
equipped to survive this and you just hope that you can get Contreras back at some point in this season and that it's not something that affects him when he comes back I think that's the bigger concern is if he's able to come back down this stretch run and into the playoffs that he's able to return to form and he's not hampered by whatever this injury is doesn't zap his power or his his ability to catch comfortably have speed running the bases whatever it is so that's really the concern and like I said as we're recording this we don't have any information more information, and I hope we get good news on Monday. Brendan, before I let you do the recap, the last thing I want to say about my experience back at Wrigley Field is, dude, those grilled hot dogs, I've said this a million (laughs) times, but they are so good, Brendan. They are so good. Uh, Do you love your ketchup on your hot dogs, Corey? No, Brendan, because we're in Chicago, okay? I I put the grilled onions, and today on Sunday, if whoever's uh, working the stand behind, I think like section 214, uh, yeah. if you're listening, those grilled onions were perfect today. Just the, the perfect golden brown and delicious. The neon green Chicago relish, little celery salt mm. and mustard. Yes. That's that's yep. that's my jam. But oh, that's man, the only so way good. to take in a hot dog. Yeah, so I, I know that that's not a, a super important note. We're literally talking about the Cubs starting catcher and one of the best catchers in the league, may, maybe, uh, you know, hitting the injured list. Well, he is on the injured list, but for how long? So I know that switching to hot dogs isn't exactly a perfect transition, but I do feel it needed to be set. So let's preview this upcoming series against the Oakland Athletics, Corey, who took care of business against the Cardinals. So right now the Cubs are one and a half games up of the St. Louis Cardinals, thanks to a series loss against the Athletics. So Monday, the A's do come into town. They have a night game against the Cubs. Kyle Hendricks will be on the mound. He's 8-8 eight eight with a 3.07 ERA. Chris Bassett is on the mound for the A's, who is 7-5 with a 3.84 ERA. On Tuesday, another night game at Wrigley Field. This one, again, at 7.05 p.m. Central Time. Your boy, John Lester, on the mound, 9-7 with a 3.86 ERA. On the mound for the A's, a familiar face, Brett Anderson, who's having a, a pretty good year for the A's right now, who's 9-7 with a 4.04 ERA. To finish off the three-game set on Wednesday, a day game, your traditional 1.20 p.m. start time, you have Jose Quintana on the mound, 9-7 with a 4.40 ERA. He'll be facing Homer Bailey for the A's. Not the best year this year. He's 9-7 with a 5.2 ERA. Recently acquired from Kansas City, so maybe the A's have something up their sleeve to maximize his pitches. We'll see. And that's the state of the Cubs right now. So again, they are four games up of Milwaukee after sweeping them. They are one and a half games up of the Cardinals. They stand at 60 and 51. The A's are also making a playoff push. They're 64 and 48. So that playoff atmosphere will be right there. The energy from the A's dugout will be right there. It'll be another fun series. I think for me, what I'm looking for, because we are seeing a few righties this series where Castellanos plays what the Cubs do with the lineup, uh, whether or not Schwarber is in left field, whether or not Castellanos is in left field, and what they do at second base. We saw Bodie play consistently over Ian Happ. That's something to monitor. I think a lot of fans, including myself, including you, Corey, wanted to see Happ get more of an opportunity and were a little puzzled by Bodie getting a few of the starts over Ian Happ. So those are the most pressing uh, trends to monitor. But as we keep saying, we're in now the first week of, of August, just about winning, right? Like we can't focus so much on these developmental type things. Almora, if this is his role coming off the bench, perfect. Keep it going. But at the very least, I still think Ian Happ makes the most sense at second base. So I, I would like to see him get more of an opportunity there. 
Yeah, and I just to follow up on that, I, I think we gave Joe uh, a little bit of a you know raz for not necessarily following hashtag big boy time uh, in that first game to finish that Cardinal series. But I think this weekend against the Brewers, we did see hashtag did, big yes. boy time. So that's good. Let's keep big boy time going. And this is a, a, a big series for the Cubs, I think. This is a good opponent in the Oakland A's. And like you said, Brendan, these are games that Oakland is needing to win. So this is these are two teams. This should have a, a playoff-like atmosphere here at Wrigley Field. And as I noted on the podcast before, this sends the Cubs, this series, on a long road trip. Uh, this is going to be a 10-game road trip that they go on with four in Cincinnati, three in Philadelphia, and three with Pittsburgh, an off day after that Cincinnati series, and then an off day before a six-game homestand. But heading out on the road, the the Cubs have to prove that they can get it done on the road. So these are your last three games at home here till toward, you know, for a few weeks here. So you, you need to try to get the job done against a good and game Oakland team. And it it should present a an interesting opportunity for the Cubs because as we go into Monday, there are four ahead of the Brewers. They will head to play the Pittsburgh Pirates and the St. Louis Cardinals will get the Los Angeles Dodgers in Los Angeles. So yeah. obviously we are you not- You can make some room up here. We are not uh, ones to pump up the Los Angeles Dodgers and I will never say that I am rooting for them, but I would prefer the St. Louis Cardinals lose. And I will just point out that the Dodgers have a very good record. They've played like a very good baseball team this year. So hopefully that whole situation, again, not rooting for anybody to win, just rooting for the Cardinals to lose. Hopefully that situation bodes well for the Cubs to pick up some ground here, but they will have to get it done against a very good Oakland team. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I would like to see KB back in there where we're hearing right. more about, about this that. knee thing uh, that you know was, I, I think, mostly fine, but then he had that one dive that he made uh, a, a couple series ago, and the numbers have not been good since then. So uh, you know, they, they gave him the off day today. Joe said it was the perfect day, and then something that they're monitoring, but obviously it would do our hearts a lot of good to see him back out there on Monday night and playing well. So that that is something in particular that I am looking for. But other than that, you just keep it going. The, the Cubs are taking care of business on home. I really have nothing, nothing but pos- nothing but praise for them at home because they deserve it. They played really well. This was a really different effort from this group uh, against a Milwaukee team who you knew was coming in here. That's given them trouble, certainly in that last series they just played on the road, and that they needed to get it done against. And they did a really good job. They kept Yelich in check for almost the entire weekend, save that home run. The, the pitching staff did really well. They were loading up on hits and base runners and home runs. So just an all-around really good weekend for the Cubs. So just keep that going. And obviously, Brendan, I am really looking forward to Tuesday because I get to see your boy, number 34, the left-hander, John Lester, in person at Wrigley Field, which you guys know there is not a better way, whether it's an afternoon or an evening, there is not a better way to spend a few hours than watching John Lester pitch at Wrigley Field. So that, Brendan, is what I am looking forward to. But other than that, I think that's all we have for you. 
I, I got to say, Brendan, a lot more fun to discuss series wins, especially sweeps uh, at home, rather than whatever that was in St. Louis. So I am definitely pro the Cubs winning series rather than losing them. Hot take, I know, but that's just where I am with it. And as always, we thank you guys for listening. It's very good to be back in Chicago. If you guys are at Wrigley Field, I am in 216 every single game. So you can come shout at me. If you're going to critique the show or have negative things to say, (laughs) I could live without it, but whatever. I'll probably just ignore you. If you have nice things to say, I'd love to talk with you uh, and and chat a little Cubs, though if John is in the middle of pitching, I will also probably ignore you. So that's just how it is. But uh, if that sounds welcoming, I hope it does, <laughs> but that's just, that's just who I am. But really good to be back at Wrigley Field, really good to be back amongst the Cubs fans and, and be a part of that electric atmosphere. It was a really good atmosphere this weekend against the Brewers. The, the fans, as usual, doing their best to support the team and and will them on in, in you know coming off of a bad road trip and, and get them on the right track so very happy to be a part of that and we will continue that going forward so we will talk to you on Wednesday evening after the Cubs finish up with the Oakland Athletics like I said check on Monday morning to see what the official word on the Wilson Contreras MRI is but other than that I think that is all we have for you as always thank you for listening downloading and supporting the Cubs related podcast Brennan and I appreciate it very much and as always always. Go Cubs. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. It just doesn't feel like summer without an ice-cold Coca-Cola in your hand. Stop by your local convenience store today and grab a 20-ounce bottle of Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. Or pick up even more delicious refreshment with a 20-ounce bottle of Diet Coke, Sprite, or Fanta. So no matter how you soak in that summer sun, at home or on the go, Grab an ice-cold Coca-Cola today and enjoy. Keep all your entertainment options centered with Xfinity X1. Access live TV, Netflix, and now Hulu and Peacock. Ah, streaming zen. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity X1 gives you the most complete entertainment experience with everything from live TV to your DVR to on-demand favorites and your streaming apps. Just use your voice remote to easily find what you want to watch. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Netflix, Hulu, and Peacock memberships required. Hello. This is your apartment. I need some favors from you. Your cat keeps rubbing against the kitchen island, and I can't return the favor. Can you give her extra pets for me? After that, could you bundle your renters and car insurance with Geico? We could save money, and it's easy to do online. And one last thing. Could you leave the TV on during the day? I need to catch up on my soaps. GEICO. For bundling made easy, go to GEICO.com today.